Hello everybody, episode 8, Alexander the Great Podcast. Today we're going to talk about the Siege of Olynthus. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, please write a review on iTunes. And also if you really like it, you can send me a bit of uh, money on through PayPal or through Patreon. That really helps, right? But I love reviews, I love talking to my audience, any message you send me, I try to reply as soon as I can and um, yeah money really helps guys if you feel like you can donate a couple of dollars or a couple of pounds or a couple of euros or whatever you can thank you thank you to everyone who has already donated thank you to everyone who shares the podcast on the uh, on the social media I'm on Facebook Alexander the Great Podcast I should come up I'm that guy with a weird uh, with Alexander wearing headphones uh, let's get to the episode. Stick at the end, uh, wait till the end of the podcast and I will read out the reviews and the winner of the review of the uh, of the gift. Um, see ya, bye-bye. Last time we talked about the Battle of Crocus Field, a victory that gave Philip's men the morale boost that they really needed. Also, everyone else started taking him seriously again. We're in the year 351, Philip is 31 years old, Alexander is 5, so he's not really up to that much, so we're still focusing on Philip. We briefly talked about Demosthenes, Philip's biggest adversary. I mentioned his Olynthian speech last time. The year is uh, 351, the year as we said is 351, is also the year that Demosthenes' career as a political orator took off. Prior to this, he was making a living selling legal speeches as a logographer or logographos in Greek. Uh, so people would hire him to tell them what to say in court. His political speeches, no one really cared about. This was all about to change when he gave his first speech geared 100% against Philip. Later historians are going to call it his first Philippic. Until then, he had only mentioned Philip in his against aristocrats on the navy boards and later on the liberty of the Rhodians. But in the first Philippic, we see a Demosthenes that has had enough of the Athenians. He's up to here with them. You can't see me, but you know, you know what I mean. Uh, first, he apologizes, being the gentleman that he is, all lovely and charming. He's like, yeah, sorry for taking the stand first. I know it's custom to let the older gentleman talk first. Until uh, usually the over 50 year olds will talk. The most than is here is 355. Yes, sit down, oldies. You've run a shit show so far. He's basically throwing out the first OK boomer in history. He's saying that they've let this man take Methoni, Pivna, Potidia. You have let him get cozy with the Thessalians. He's heavily criticizing the Athenian politicians without naming names. We know he mostly means Evolos, an Athenian statement, uh, statesman known for being a peace guy, or you could say he was a member of the peace party. Uh, he can't believe that they have yet to declare war against Philip and not just pay off some mercenaries and let them do our fighting for us. There should be some Athenian citizens with them. Because whichever way you spin it, it's different fighting for your country and different fighting for money. It was Athens' duty, according to Demosthenes, to fight Philip either in Athens or Chalkidiki. It's a matter of time, he says, the Macedonians form an alliance with Thebes. He also recommended that there should be a constant base of mercenaries and Athenian hoplites in the north of Greece. And whenever they saw Philip's fleet, 
They would ambush him. Yeah, that should teach him a lesson. All of this, of course, costs money. Um, Demosthenes has a solution for this as well, but that part of the speech has been lost. He probably recommended some form of additional tax or something along those lines. He also has a nice analogy. He sees Athens as a boxer who tries to cover himself where he was hit by his opponent. You hit his head and he covers his head, leaving his body unprotected. You punch him in the stomach and then he protects his stomach. Philip goes to the hot gates, we follow him. He goes to Thrace, we follow him. What, he's not feeling well? All right, double time, we should definitely attack now. He sees Athens not taking initiative. Everything depends on how Philip is feeling and what he's doing. For Athens, this is a big smack in the face. They have a kick-ass navy, hoplites, triremes, and money. Demosthenes is freaking out. What the fuck is happening, people? The Athenians don't agree with Demosthenes. All this is going to cost a ton. They're not in the mood for additional tax, let alone sending Athenian citizens into battle. Philip has yet to make a move against Athens, but he does ask Olynthos to hand over... Um, yes, Philip hasn't made a move against Athens, yes, but he does ask Olynthos, the city that we talked about, to hand over his stepbrothers Arideus and Menelaus. We talked about them in the second episode. Philip had three brothers from his dad's Amindas's other marriage with a lady by the name of Yiya. He had managed to whack one of them, but the other two found refuge in Olynthos. That happened in 359. Now he asks for his stepbrothers in 349. You know, so he's not letting this shit go, right? Olynthos declines Philip's request, something that's showing us that they're in the mood for meddling in Macedonian affairs. Now, Philip is not just going to cross his hands and say, oh, well, yeah, I guess I tried. No, he's not the kind of guy. So in the fall of 349, his, he began his descent into Olynthos. The first city he attacks is Stagira, birthplace of Aristotle. Stagira was part of the Chalkidikian League, and his goal was to attack every city of the League and then attack Olynthos. Philip doesn't just conquer the city, he fucking flattened it. <laughs> in a Liverpool accent, Paddy the Batty. Uh, Scousers don't get knocked out. Uh, well, yeah, they do, mate. Anyway, um, yeah, he, f- he flattened the city, right? He's sending a message to other cities. And the message was received. Stratoniki, Akanthos, Apollonia, and Arethusa surrendered. So no battle took place. And the cities were saved. You know, be like Stratoniki, Akanthos, Apollonia, and Arethusa, you fucking hostile Greeks. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We had balls back then, right? Because, you know, what is Greece known for today? It's mostly, <laughs> it's good knowing that at some point in history, we weren't just known for our holiday destinations. And I don't know, what else are we known for? Zorba the Greek and olive oil and all that stuff. Um, yes, one last thing about Stagira, I should mention. Apparently, Aristotle only agreed to tutor Alexander due to Philip's due to Philip promising that he would rebuild his hometown. So I guess it worked out. Maybe if uh, Philip never destroyed Stagira, he wouldn't have any leverage to persuade Aristotle. Or maybe money would have just been enough. Anyway, let's get back to it, right? The uh, Olynthians send ambassadors to Athens asking for help. Demosthenes gives his first and second Olynthiac while the ambassadors are there, 
and his her, and his third Olympiac after they have left. In his first Olympiac, he asks Athens to support the Halkidikan League in its totality. So every city that is part of the league, not just Olympos. He brought up the matter of keeping an army in the north a second time to keep Philip in check. He even has a solution about where the money can come from. He he mentions, without really mentioning it, that they, that they should take money from the theatric fund. Uh, but he doesn't just say it at this moment at least, um, let's take money from the theatric fund, because the official punishment for anyone who would dare to suggest that is death. In the future, some guy by the name of Apollodoros suggests taking money from the theatric fund and put it into the military fund. He was fined with one talent, which is a lot of money, serious money, right? So no one is allowed to fuck with the theatric fund. Now, I've said theatric fund about five times. I should probably explain what it is. It's the money that is left over from various taxes, but also when there wasn't any money left over, they would order for additional tax to be paid and put into this special fund. This fund would be used to allow the unprivileged people of Athens to watch theatrical plays and be able to visit other festive events. We're not quite sure how it started. Some say it was Pericles, so somewhere around the 5th century BC. Others say it was close to 350. But anyhow, you know, pretty cool, right? We see how much Athens value theatre. Well, not all Athenians, <laughs> you know, uh, Demosthenes and Apollodorus. Uh, later, he tried to cover his tracks, Demosthenes, and he says, I'm not taking take it from the theatric fund by Zeus. You crazy, bro. One thing is for certain. We have to put together an army. If we're all going to pay for it, then we will all have to put a large amount of money. Then if uh, we all have to put a little bit of money, then we'll all put a little bit of money. In his second Olympiac, he tries to convince Athens that Philip isn't liked by his soldiers or his people. It's a matter of time, according to him, before he's kicked out of the kingship. Now, this is an obvious lie. And it's another reason why we can't be certain with what Demosthenes is saying. He's saying what he must to convince the Ecclesia and the people of Athens. They are not 100% truths that we can rely on. If you were to read the second Olympiac today, there's tons of translations on the internet. It reads in a kind of comical way. <laughs> he talks about dances that the Macedonians do, that he's embarrassed to even mention their name. They're doing sexy dances. Um, they're having orgies, getting drunk as fuck. Um, the king's friend is a slave who became famous by doing magic tricks. He's talking about Galias. Uh, crude poets, ridiculous jesters. Uh, how can a man who, who associates himself with those kinds of people be a moral person? He also says, I would admit myself to Philip if he had achieved what he had achieved in a fair way. You know, he does have a point here. Remember what happened in Amphipolis. But unfortunately, Mosthenes, just because we don't like someone, doesn't mean he isn't going to succeed or that he doesn't deserve to succeed. He recommends Athens should form an alliance with enemies that Philip had. He says that they should go to Thessaly and put some sense into them. But with the hatred that he's showing, he is. Uh, it's like he's saying that they should also work together with Sparty and Thebes. This is crazy, right? Because Athens, Sparty, and Thebes hated each other. So this is radical thinking. 
The Athenians are convinced and they send 2,000 mercenaries, not citizens like he was hoping for, but hey, can't win them all, and 30 ships with Charitas in charge. While all this is happening, Philip is in Olynthos. We saw in 352 he was named ruler of Thessaly and he was getting some money from the port at Pagasses. The Phoreans demand this money not to be given to to be given to them. They don't allow the Macedonians to build a fort in Magnesia, and finally they don't pay their agreed on taxes to Philip as ruler of Thessaly. Pitholaos is back in town, that's why they are ready to fuck things up. We talked about him in the last episode. He had his mate Lycophron with him. They were sent to exile by Philip. Lycophron probably had a hard time during exile and died. Philip could turn a blind could turn a blind eye to the whole situation. Yeah, so they want the harbour, come and get them, right? Molon Lave. Uh, he had bigger fish to fry, but he most definitely doesn't want Athens and Ferez to form an alliance. The Thessalians also around this time ask him to help out in the sacred war. The Phocians are beating the Voetians, so the Thebans basically, and the cities that are around them. This is making them nervous, so, you know, you can't really blame them for asking Philip for help. Um, Philip doesn't have time for the sacred war, but we know that he went to Thessaly and with great ease got rid of Pitholaos. And back to Olynthus he went. So he went from the north of Greece to centre to the centre of Greece. During this time, while Philip went to Thessaly, the help that Athens <laughs> sent arrived in Olynthus. Oh for fuck's sake, guys, if you were here ten minutes earlier, you might have been actually to help. But too late for that now. Poor Athenians, right? At least they offered to help. It's like when you go for drinks with a family member that is older than you. I remember I once uh, I once went to a restaurant with my father-in-law. We arrived at the restaurant about 5 o'clock, so after, after work in the afternoon. We left at 2 in the morning, blitzed out drunk, drinking tsipuro. That's common in Greece. You go to a restaurant and you leave in 3 or 4, or in my case, 7 hours later. You know, of course it's not going to let me pay the bill, but I should offer that I... <laughs> but I feel that I should at least offer. Uh, yes, back to our story. We're in 348. The Olynthians ask Athens to help out once more, hoping that they might find Philip there this time. To begin with, they send 4,000 peltastes, which is a type of light infantry, um, and 150 and 150 cavalrymen under Charidmos. Where, now, we have no idea what was done with these men, but at a later time they send more help, 10,000 infantry and 1,000 cavalry. Some were from Chalkida, others were Charidmos' soldiers. With these men, we know that they attacked cities that were recently conquered by Philip. But they didn't, just, they didn't actually do anything to stop him from reaching the city of Olynthos. Not only did they fail to stop him, but he conquered more cities, like Apollonia, Toroni and Olynthos' harbour Mikivrena. Now, if you don't have control of your harbour, you're not going to last very long. Your allies are not going to be able to send you supplies. The food you have is eventually going to run out. Philip is aware of this, so he sends them an ultimatum. Either the Olynthians are going to leave Olynthos, or I am going to leave Macedonia, Philip said, apparently. Now, he's definitely not leaving Macedonia, so you can forget about that. And the siege begins. After this, Demosthenes gives his third Olynthiac. 
He pretty much talks about the same old stuff, nothing really new. He talks a bit more clearly about the theatric fund. He says, don't be surprised, Athenians, if someone talks about getting money from the theatrics. He has a nice comparison about the older generation of Greeks, Pericles, Aristides, Nikias, and another Demosthenes from the Peloponnesian War. He's mostly attacking the political leaders and the people of Athens and is accusing them of inaction. Now, even though he never mentioned this, I think he wants to send help to Olynthos with the hope that they in turn would help Athens regain Amphipolis. So they send help for a third time, 2,000 infantry and 300 cavalry. But by the time they reach the city, by the time they reach the city, it had already fallen. Now, if this seems kind of shitty to you, my dear listener, you know, the whole help situation and how much they send, you're probably right. Granted, it wasn't just the 2,000 soldiers that they were sent. They were also what they sent before. They all stayed up there. But still, you know, what are these soldiers really capable of doing against peak performance Philip? Perhaps they're sending these soldiers just to be able to say that, yeah, see, we did try. Also, Olynthos and Athens have never really been allies. So maybe this would prove to them that, yeah, bro, I got your back. But against Philip, really, Athens, you know, they have no clue where Philip could be, as 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 uh, as their actions prove, right? They sent hell when he wasn't even there. He was in Thessaly one day, then he was back in Olynthos. You know, from day one, he had subjugated cities from the League of Olynthos, so of the Chalkidikian League, you could say. So he already had eyes everywhere. You'd think someone would tell them if they saw an Athenian ship closing in. And if you're an Athenian, the last thing you want is to ha- lose a big chunk of your army so far away from home. That's one scenario, right, if they actually met up and had battle. The other scenario is that they could bump into Philip and he doesn't attack. I think, um, I think if I'm not mistaken, Worthington talks about this, so this is his point. They would have to set up camp, stay as long as your supplies and resources allow, and when you have to bounce back home because you have run out of everything, you end up looking like, like a complete wimp, right? You went, from, you went north to fight Philip, but were unable to do just that. Or I guess you could send a massive, massive amount of help, leaving Athens unprotected at the mercy of Philip. No, 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 we don't want that. And, but in 358, we also have, which kind of plays into the whole situation, the partial independence of Evia, the island that I'm talking to you from now. The tyrant of Chalkida, I'm in Chalkida now as well, <laughs> uh, the tyrant of Chalkida, Kalias, wants to create an Evian league. Uh, Evian? Evian? No, it's e- Evian. Ev- in Greek, it's Evia. So, Evian League, yes, with himself on top. Until now, Athens controls what happens in Evia. They grow tired of this and decide to switch things up. Things were going to plan. They had Philip's help. He had sent a few troops. But a guy by the name of Plutarchos, or Plutarch in the Basidized version, tyrant of Eretria, doesn't agree with Callias and asks Athens to do something about this. Athens sends help to Eretria. They probably found out Philip was helping Callias and they are gagging to find a way to kill Philip's vibe. Bear in mind that Athens and Chalkida are an hour away by car today. So very nearby. Athens wants to show that, hey, these are our people. Fuck off. 
this explains to some extent why the help that was sent to Olynthos was small. They would rather send help to an island that is just north of them, offering protection from the northern Greeks. Have, um, if you Google uh, Evia, E-V-I-A, on Google Maps, you can tell it's that little island that's just above Athens. Uh, you, you, of course, would rather help your neighbours than a city in the north like Olynthos. The military help from Athens had Phokionas as general. In this mission, our very own Demosthenes took part. Though he wasn't there for long, we know that he was back for the Grand Dionysian, Grand Dionysian, how, how do you say it? Grand Dionysian Games, which is a massive event held in Athens in honour of the ecstasy god Dionysos. It's not like the Olympic Games, it's not athletic, it was a competition in theatre, of theatre. Second in importance after the Panathenia. When Phokionas reached what today we call Aliveri, then it was called Tamines, anyway, um, moving on, too much information, he was besieged by Callias's men. In the end, they managed to get out of that sticky situation, but they had not received any help from Plutarchos, the guy that asked them to intervene. You know, what a dickhead. This must have pissed them off. They even went as far as kicking him out of Eretria. Phokionas is then recalled and sent to Lesbos. The Athenians send a guy named Molossos. Plutarchos is then allowed to come back. He's switching team. He's switching teams, so he's against the Athenians now, and he captures Molossos and any other Athenian he can get his dirty little hands on. The Athenians are allowed to return only after they are ordered to pay a uh, pay ransom of 50 talents. In the end, all of Evia is going to be independent except for Karistos. Uh, and, this, that, and that's a long version, basically, why Athens was not able to help Olynthos to full effect. Theodoros and Demosthenes tell us that Olynthos fell due to Ephthikratis and Lasthenes. We talked about them in the last episode. Apparently, they gave up Olynthos' harbour Mikivrena to Philippos, to Philip, or Philippos in Greek. Theodoros says it took Philip many attacks, and he also lost a large number of men until the city fell. This is believable because they have found missiles with Philip's name on it. So we know that he used siege engines. Another thing our sources love to mention is that when the Macedonians entered the city, they made sure to leave their mark. They basically fucked everything up to such a degree, according to Demosthenes in his third Philippic in 341. We still have a long way to go. We're in, where are we now? 348, I think. Um, you could hardly tell, apparently, that people once lived there. You could make the claim that they were justified to do so, seeing that Olynthos is the latest city to try and control as much as it could what was happening in Macedonia. Philip wants it to be known, hey, I'm the one and only king of Macedon. But remember I told you it was Demosthenes who said this, uh, that he destroyed the city, that he had, that he destroyed the city to such an extent. He loves to paint Philip in his most vicious and violent colours. But it doesn't really make much sense that he would destroy a city that he tried so hard to conquer. You know, come on, Philip. Come on, guys. Philip is better than this, right? There are some Athenians in Olynthos. He keeps them close, right? He He's going to use them in the future. Many locals were killed as he entered the city. Some were sent to Macedonia to work on the mines. 
He now has access to Olynthus's mines, which produce gold and silver. The Olynthians had the strongest currency in the area. From now on, the Macedonian silver tetradrachmo is going uh, is going to be is going to be in circulation. Tetradrachmo is one drachmi is like you say one euro, one dollar, one pound, one drachmi. Tetradrachmo is that times four. Um, well, that's going to be in circulation. At a later time, the gold coin is also going to be moving around. Philip takes care of his senior officers by giving them extra money and newly conquered land. He knows how to take care of his people. And he dismantles the Chalkidikin League, which now becomes part of the Macedonian state. Anything they would make from now on goes into Philip's pocket. The good guys from Athens put out a formal decree stating that they welcome any refugees from Olynthos and they also exempt them from tax. Good guys, man. Good guy, Athens. Let's read some reviews. Fantastic podcast about Alexander the Great from Greek, from a Greek perspective by Cantabrigian Homertonian from the United States. Really a wonderful podcast in which you can feel the energy, emotion and love of the subject matter. I also appreciate that's from a Greek perspective. Fantastic work all around. Five stars. Thank you very much for the review. And Mirmidon Ena. Mirmidon One, sorry. <laughs> um, five stars. Title of the review was Genuine Storytelling by the Uni- in the United States of America. As a Greek-American, it's wonderful to hear the story told by a Greek. Modern, modern American history classes tend to bastardize his story to fit the worldview of the teacher in a rather disingenuous, disingenuous way. <laughs> Very much the same as Native history, Native American history, which also gets glossed over to support political narratives. I encourage the curious to listen and the bold to tell the stories of your cultures in the same way this man has gone about it. I use Spotify to listen. I only downloaded the podcast app just to rate it and leave a review. It's that good. Wow. Thank you very much. Uh, by B. Rend um, from Canada. Four stars. Love the podcast. Hearing the story told from an actual Greek is great. How Michaelis tries to tell the actual fact from fiction and the great tales of Alexander and Philip take it from sounding like a fairy tale to a more Game of Thrones, gritty, realistic vibe. Can't wait for the episodes on Alexander, but I love the depth of the episodes. Thank you. But you're not winning a a present because it's four stars, right? If I'm going to send you something, it has to be five stars. And the winner is Mirmidon1. Great name, great review. I've already come in contact, so you know what's happening, how to, you know that you've won. But thank you, everyone, for the reviews. See ya. Bye-bye.